In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. Spirit of the Living God, please come. We're hungry for you. We're thirsty for you. Spirit of truth, Spirit of holiness, Spirit of life. flow unhindered in this place, in our lives, in our church, in our city, in our nation. Father, these are those days you promised you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. Father, we are hungry for your spirit. We are thirsty for your spirit, O oh God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our scripture for meditation today is taken from the book of Psalms. Psalms 135, verse 6. And it's taken from the Passion Translation, so I'm sure the multimedia team would put it on the screen. Thank you. He does what he pleases with unlimited power and authority, extending his greatness throughout the entire universe. He does what he pleases. No one can question him. No one can stop him. No one can withstand him. Nothing can withstand him. If he wants it to change, it has to change. If he wants it to turn around, it has to turn around. If he wants it to stop, it has to stop. Because he has unlimited power and authority and his greatness extends throughout the entire universe. Let's just meditate on that scripture. Just allow the spirit of God to cause it to expand in your mind. Just think about the words and ask the Holy Spirit to unveil deeper meanings. Uh, so that that scripture sinks into the core of our being. This scripture that talks about the sovereignty of God. So for a few minutes, please, let's meditate on it. Remember what we learned yesterday. Read it over and over again. Uh, begin to declare it. Begin to speak it. Begin to just allow the spirit to, to um, implant that scripture deep in you. Go on. Contemplate it. Think deeply about it.
Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing the word of God to life. We believe it. That our God does what he pleases. With unlimited power and authority. His greatness extends to the entire universe. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, together we say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go and celebrate the word of God. The word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, um, this whole life is really about warfare. Is this unending battle until this age ends between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. That is, a, that is what it's about. And those who fulfill God's plans and God's purposes are those who have learned to fight. Those who have learned to use the weapons at our disposal. Those who understand the eternal truths about spiritual warfare that the Bible contains. Now, the enemy would love the church not to understand this. And sadly, a large part of the church doesn't understand or has very little understanding of spiritual warfare, of the fact that what happens here did not start here. What we see here is the results of things that have happened in another realm that is more real than this realm. And you know, as the world gets more intellectual, uh, more knowledgeable, the enemy's plan is to get the focus of the church off what happens in that realm and convince us that this world, this realm, is what matters the most. And I really want you to understand that the way God has wired it, you and I matter more than we imagine. I'm telling you, the increased revelation that I have as to how significant we are in the scheme of things is incredible. You matter. You can make things happen. You can stop things from happening. And that's why the enemy does not want you to know that truth and to activate it. You are God's regents here on earth. Yes, he's king, but you are his kings here on earth. What you do and what you say matters more than you can imagine. So many of us have allowed things and accepted things because we don't fully understand the power that is at our disposal. You are powerful. 
You are so powerful, but you don't know. And of course, it's not your power. It is his power, but he works it out through you. My God, if you understand how powerful you are, and Satan knows, but is hoping that that truth will not be revealed to you. The most feared person in the pits of hell is the Christian who prays and who understands the power of prayer. Amen? So today I want to do a, a crash course in spiritual warfare and then we pray. A crash course. And I'm just going to do it from the Bible. Just as in the scriptures will speak. I, I won't even have to amplify it more than the scriptures say. Just so you understand that that control in that realm is what matters. Amen? Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And out of all the versions of the Bible that, that can put it as simply as I want, I think the Passion Translation will do that just for me, will do that well for me tonight. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. I want to do a crash course in spiritual warfare. Um, verse 11, verse 11 to 18. Ephesians 6, verse 11 to 18. Okay, they've got it on the screen. If you don't have the Passion Translation, they've got it on the screen. But before I read from verse 11 to 18, let me preface what I'm about to say by verse 10. And you might not have verse 10 there because I didn't give that to you. But let me just read this. Listen carefully. So this prefaces what we're about to say. Incidentally, I don't know what your subtitles are what your subtitle is in, in your own Bible. But on my Bible, the subtitle is Spiritual Warfare. So listen to what Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Yeah? Paul says, what I'm about to say are most important truths, and I've saved them for last. He goes on to say, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. What gives us the strength? What gives us the boldness to take on all comers? What, what, where do we draw our strength for the fight, for the battle from? He says we are supernaturally infused with strength from our life union with the Lord Jesus, because we are saved, because we are children of God. That's what makes us different in this battle from those who are not children of God. You are special. You just don't know how special and how powerful you are. And hopefully at the end of this 21 days, you will have a clear idea. And believe me, you will almost be looking for a fight. When you understand what you carry with you. He goes on to say, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. What gives us the audacity to believe that we can take on some of what I'm going to explain to you? Because the truth is that they, these have powers as well. But what Paul is saying is that it's not our battle. We are victorious. We know we will conquer. We know we will overcome because of the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. And you and I know 
that the carrier of that power is the Spirit of God. Can someone say amen? Amen? So that foundation, do we all understand that? That, that these things we are about to talk about, Paul says they are most important truths. He has saved them for the last. That we are supernaturally infused with strength because we are children of God through our life union with Christ. And we are victorious, we stand victorious because of the force of his explosive power in and through you. The power is in you and the power works through you. The kingdom of darkness does not want you to understand these truths. Amen? You know, because if you can imagine a soldier who is fully armed to the teeth They've given him every conceivable weapon you can imagine. But he does not know he has those weapons. Or worse still, he does not know how to use them. So it doesn't matter that he's armed to the teeth. He's a killing machine, but he simply does not know how to use the weapons. Or that he even has those weapons. Amen? Now look at from verse 11. Let the, let, the, let the scriptures do the teaching for us very quickly because we want to pray. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Yeah? He says to go into this battle, you must put on the complete set of armor if not, it doesn't protect you as you engage the enemy and engage with his evil strategies. Amen? This is why a lot of the church does not get the victory that we should. Because we don't put on the full armor. You can't engage in this battle if you are not wearing the full armor. It's, this is not scriptures to be forgotten while we focus on my God, my Lord shall supply all my needs or any of the other scriptures that we love. This is the core of it. This is how we advance. This is how we, as, we take territory. This is how we establish victory. He says, put on the full armor of God so that we can fight. And he goes on to say this in verse 12. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. The, the old translation says, we, we the other translation says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That tells you it is close combat. They are not far away. They are right with us. They are in our minds. They are around us. They are in our families. They are, they are around us. It is not, I'm staying at a distance and hoping I can launch a weapon at you. No, it is close combat combat the bible says hand-to-hand -hand combat that's the battle we are in the, uh, the, the the bible uses the word wrestling we are grappling with this enemy he's with us day to day hoping to trip us up we are grappling with him amen he says but it is not with human beings it's, it's not against flesh and blood it's not human beings Get your focus off human beings. They might be used, yes. They might be submitted to him and, and a conduit through which him and his demons do their work, yes. But the fight is not with human beings. It's a kingdom matter. It's kingdom versus kingdom. We are just in one kingdom 
And the other kingdom is determined to stop us from entering the fullness of what our king wants for each one of us. Amen? Does this make some sense? Yeah. He says, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. They are principalities. They, they exist. They are authorities. Daniel prayed. This was a man of God. And the angel was dispatched with the answer from the first day he prayed. That's how prayer works. 1 John 5 verses 14 and, 14 and 15 tells us that, exactly what Daniel experienced. That when we pray, he hears, he listens and he hears. When we rise up from prayer, we know that we have the possessions, the things, that, the, the petitions that we have brought before him. But then things happen there that slow down the process. Things happen there that, that sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't come how it should come if we have prayed. Now, not to talk about if we haven't prayed. Then, then other people are in control of these things. So he says, he says, these are principalities and authorities. Daniel prayed, the angel was coming, a principality appeared and stopped the angel. Please understand how it works in the spirit realm. This was an angel of God. But there's hierarchy in the spirit realm. The principality that was a demon principality stopped the angel. It was Daniel's prayers that summoned the archangel to come and dislodge that principality for the angel to come with the answer. It took 21 days of intense fasting and praying. If Daniel had been eating and praying two minutes every single day, nothing would have happened. It would have taken another 20 years. And there's so much in our lives that has taken longer than it should because we haven't applied ourselves to the prayer, to that warfare like we should. He says, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. This is the word of God. You can't take half of it and not take the other half. And the word of God says these people have power. They are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. He then goes on to say, because of this, because you understand this, because you know it is dangerous out there. They mean you harm. They don't want you to enter God's plans. They don't want God's blessings to come your way. They want to rack your family with pain and, and humiliation and shame. And because you know that, because you know that this is a powerful class of demon gods, and you know, the professor who doesn't know God doesn't believe that these things exist. That's why the professor is held in bondage. Doesn't believe that these things exist. But these things exist. That world is more real, the Bible tells us, than this world. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Can someone say amen? amen. You are destined for all things and will rise victorious. That is God's plan for you. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, then nobody can be blamed but you, but me. If we don't do what we're supposed to do. Because God has a plan. You know, victory has been won. We don't fight for victory. 
No, 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 no. Victory has been won. We fight to establish what was won. We are not going back to the cross of Calvary. No, he was defeated at the cross of Calvary. Principalities and powers have been spoiled, the Bible says, and an open display of them spoiled has been made. We fight to establish that. Amen? That's why we are called the triumphant church. Because you're triumphant because you don't have to fight the battle again. You just have to receive the victory. Can someone say amen? And then he goes on to talk about this armor. And you know, it's interesting. You can go to church for, for, for years and you will not hear this truth. So is it any wonder that the church is weak? He says, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on truth. Please let the Spirit of God amplify this. Please go home and study this because this is the armor by which we fight. And if I do the whole teaching, we won't get a chance to pray tonight. And I want us to pray some specific prayers. Put on holiness as the protective armor that guards, that covers your heart. You know, when you say put on the breastplate of righteousness, people can forge that sometimes. But what is the breastplate of righteousness? Live right. You can't afford to be in sin. If you're in sin, it's a gaping hole on your chest that has a target, a, a bull's eye, that, and is saying to the enemy, shoot me because you will get me. The greatest incentive not to sin is, victory, is so that you can be victorious in this war. That's the greatest incentive. So you search yourself constantly to make sure. And it's not the big headline sins that are the issue. It's certainly, or those of you who are gathered here, those who are listening online, you've kind of at least know that, it's not, that the big headline sins are, are a problem. But it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The thoughts in the hearts, the impure thoughts in the hearts, the thoughts towards others in your hearts, that you're harboring things against another person in your heart, it can't work. You search yourself by the Spirit, constantly combing your heart, constantly searching your life to make sure. And the reason you're doing that is because you understand that if this breastplate is not on me and I engage the enemy, he's going to kill me. Whether physically or spiritually. Stand on your feet alert so that you will always be ready to share the blessings of peace. Constantly looking for every opportunity. Alert to share the blessings. It's a protective armor. The fact that you are preaching the gospel. Not to preach the gospel is to have a gaping hole in your armor. Not to be alert. To be so distracted and so consumed by life that you can't see that that friend is ready for the gospel to be preached to him is the equivalent of having a gaping hole in your armor. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. We speak a lot about faith here, so you get that. Trust in God. 
so that when the enemy throws the arrow, your trust in God says that thing, that thing cannot happen. Why? Because God said it cannot happen. Why will it not happen? Because God said it cannot happen, and I trust God, and I trust his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Forget it. It cannot happen. Amen? It will not stand. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. What is it that protects us in the battle of the mind? is a, a clear understanding of salvation. What God did at the cross of Calvary. Some of us need to spend time and just study what was won for us at the cross of Calvary. When you understand what was won for you at the cross of Calvary, you understand your salvation. Understand the price that Christ paid. Understand who you are in Christ. Understand that you are a child of God. It's impossible. No one has snatched anyone out of God's hands. Then when the enemy comes with his lies, your, the helmet of your salvation, the, the protection that you have from understanding your salvation stands you in good stead as a protection. Can someone say amen? amen. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. That's why we say you just have to study this word. Because it is the spoken word of God that is the sword of, of the Spirit. Where it comes alive, the Spirit gives it to you in your tongue. And you speak it with authority, knowing that it can't go without achieving the purpose for which it was sent. That is the sword of the Spirit. And then he goes on to say, pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Amen? And that is the launch pad. Now I am armed. Now I am protected. I'm wearing the armor. Now I want to go into battle. How do I go into battle? The Bible says I go into battle armed with my one offensive weapon. If I don't have that weapon, they are going to shred me in battle. I am shish kebab for the enemy if I don't have that weapon. That's why the church today is so weak because there's so little of the word of God in the church. People don't study, don't read, don't meditate on the word of God. So how can they go into battle without a sword? But then when I am armed with all my protective armor and I have my offensive, one offensive weapon in my hand, then I go into battle and the battleground is the place of prayer. So the Bible says all forms of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. Believe me. Oh my God. There are different kinds of prayer. You are dynamite if you understand this. The enemy is quaking in his boots that this revelation is coming to you. All kinds of prayer. Can someone say amen? The, King James, the New King James Version says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In this battle, the ally you need is the Holy Spirit. He is the one that will tell you how to pray. And some of the things that he will tell you are scary. And I'll share some personal examples. So the Spirit of God said to me, this thing that happened in Iraq, is true, true. You know, the Americans killed the, the Iranian general. The Spirit of God said to me, you know this thing, this thing will blow out of proportion. It can totally engulf the world. I said, I know. 
And the Spirit of God said, so what are you doing about it? I said, what am I? With all the issues I have in London, what's, there's a lot going on here in the UK. And, and this is a true story. And God said to me, ask me how you should pray about it, because I want you to pray about it. Now, think about it. This is a world stage. Who cares what Aguiruku is doing? Who cares? Some pastor in London suddenly feels that he can affect world affairs. Yes! Yes! Absolutely so. On my face in my bedroom, I will affect it. Not because of me, but because of God. That's the power you have. We shape history. We shape history. That's the way it works. You know, Derek Prince was telling a story about how in the First World War, from being a professor at Cambridge in philosophy, he's called up at age of 23 to go and fight in the, in the, in the army. He gets, gives his life to Christ as a dramatic encounter with Christ. And he's involved in the war in Africa. And he's involved in what was one of the most humiliating retreats of the British Army. 700-odd miles. The British Army retreated from northern Libya all the way to Cairo. Humiliation for the, for, the, for the armed forces. And things are bad. Morale is bad. You know, there's, no, there's hardly any water. And in the desert, you need water. And, you know, things are just bad. And the morale is worsened because the officers were not treating the rank-and-file soldiers well. And so there was a lot of rebellion in the hearts of the rank-and-file soldiers. Now, add that to the humiliation of a retreat. And he says, God said to him, I want you to reverse this in prayer. Now, when God tells you that kind of thing, don't even try to pray the prayer yourself. You don't know what to pray. You just sit there and ask the Holy Spirit, what do I pray? That's where I am now with Iran. I'm saying, what do I pray? Because they must give you the prayer. Because Romans 8 verse 26, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. We are weak and human. How do I pray for Iran from Eastcote or Brent Cross? How do I do that? They have to give you the prayer. So he says he asked them what prayer to pray. And they gave him a two, three sentence. And you know, when they give you that kind of prayer, it's, it's usually not long, but you will pray it over and over and over and over and over. So he started praying this prayer. Prayed it, prayed it, prayed it. And then suddenly they decided that they were appointing a new commander for the African forces, for the British army in Africa. So they appointed a brigadier. He kept praying this prayer. As the brigadier was flying to Cairo to go and assume his position, his plane crashed, he was thrown out of the plane, and he died. And Churchill in England suddenly decided, you know what, I'm sending someone from here. And he appointed a person, a person from here. The person he appointed was Montgomery. Montgomery flies in, and Montgomery turns out he's a Christian, a believer. Montgomery flies in, institutes discipline, you know, reorders the army. And on the day they were going to the deciding battle, his battle cry to his soldiers were, 
We are going to victory because our Lord will fight for us. And that singular victory turned the war. What am I saying? He didn't need 50 million intercessors. He just needed one man. If I can find a man or a woman who will stand in the gap, bridge the gap for me, then I will heal that land. You are more powerful than you think. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us. What does the Bible call him? John 14 verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. And what is this helper? The Amplified Bible helps us understand that one of the ways he helps is as an intercessor. Amen? Romans 8 26. The Spirit takes hold of our human frailty, the, the Passion Translation says. Our weaknesses, your Bible might say. Empowers us. We don't know how to pray or know the best things to ask. We don't know how to pray. Ask Him. Ask Him. That's His job. That's His role. My Bible has a subtitle that says, Role of the Holy Spirit. Intercessor. How do I pray about this thing? How do I deal with this thing in prayer? A lot of us jump into prayer, and there's nothing wrong with jumping into prayer. But believe me, it's a lot easier if you ask the people who know, how do I pray this prayer? What do I say? What does God want to hear to respond? Learn to lean on the Holy Spirit in intercession, and especially in warfare. Especially in warfare. You know, when I am in spiritual warfare, I lean on him a lot because I can't see in that realm. So I need him to tell me what to pray, what prophetic action to take, sometimes that accompany the prayer. Amen? So let's do some, some practical things. All kinds of prayer. So let's share some kinds of prayer. There's what, is, what we call, what is called decisive prayers. Decisive prayers. Now, part of the challenge is that a lot of times we pray, but if only we could see the spirit realm. You know, thank God for Daniel, Mark, because Daniel knew how to pray decisive. You know, what, you know what the decisive prayer is? I cannot stop this prayer until this thing happens. I am focused. It has to be decisive. It's not something I flirt into and flirt out of. It's not something I pray today and I forget for seven days, then I suddenly remember because something jogs my memory. No, it's decisive. Second Kings, the 13th chapter, verse 14 to 19. 2 Kings 13, verse 14 to 19. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die, then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. How many, how many know why Joash was crying? Joash was crying because his hope was in Elisha. And he's thinking, you are sick and dying. We are finished. Who is going to stand for us? And then Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. 
Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. All these things were being done naturally, but I'm sure you know that it's not the natural things. These things had deep spiritual meanings. Is that clear? Yeah. He says, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands, kind of anointed him in a sense, empowered him. This, this, they didn't have the Holy Spirit the way we have the Holy Spirit. Right now, you don't necessarily need anybody's hands except the Holy Spirit directs somebody to do so because the Holy Spirit is capable of empowering anybody. But then they needed the prophet in a physical form. So he puts his hand on the king's hands. And then he says, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. Then, and then he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Now, what did Elisha do? Elisha pointed his attention to God. It's not about me. It's about God. When he says shoot and he shot, he now said to him, that arrow that's going is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And then the instruction to him was, but you must be decisive. You must strike them at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Don't stop until you have the answer. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And that is really the story of the church. We try. We strike a bit. We pray a bit. We wrestle a bit. And that's the good part of the church. A lot of the church doesn't even strike nothing. We come to one prayer meeting. You know, we try. We pray for 30 minutes. But where is the contention? Where is the person who says, I refuse? Where are the prayers like the ones in the Garden of Gethsemane? Where are the people who are wrestling, contending, striving? Where are they? Where are the people who are saying, God, until I see it? Where are the people who have the spirit of John Knox? I'll stay on my knees until I see Scotland delivered. Where are they? And it's getting worse. Because I look at this millennial generation, I'm sorry for them. I am so sorry for this millennial generation. This spiritual realm we're talking about, they don't believe it exists. They're in church. They, no, 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 no those, those things don't exist. Intellect and university has destroyed their minds. They are more concerned with virtual reality than with the spirit realm. A lot of them don't know about demons. They think demons is ancient religion. How can you read the Bible and not believe in demons? They exist. What Bible are you reading? So a lot of them are in the middle of war. You know what I see this generation, this, a, lot of, a lot of the church like, and especially this millennial generation? You know somebody who's walking in the middle of battle, Mark? Intercontinental ballistic missiles are flying. Bullets are flying around. And the person is just walking, just whistling. Oblivious that the next step you are going to walk onto a landmine and blow your whole life up. Strike it! That was the instruction. You know what that king should have done? 
the man of God should have been the one to say, it's enough. He should have been striking, striking, striking. When the man of God said, why are you still striking? He says, I must destroy them. He struck three times and he stopped. Listen to the response of the man of God. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. And that's exactly what happened. He never got complete victory again. Just simply because he did not understand decisive prayers. If God has told you, then press it home. The golden rule of prayer. Settle that. It's the golden rule of prayer. Matthew 7 verse 7. Ask. And those who understand the tenses in which these things were written in their original language, tell us it's actually the continuous tense. Keep asking. Ah, if you say ask and I shall receive and I haven't received, then I have to keep asking. If you say seek and I shall find and I haven't found, I have to keep seeking. If you say knock and the door shall be opened and the door hasn't been opened, then I have to keep knocking. The only time I stop knocking is if I wake up in heaven. But as long as I'm here and the Lord said it, I have a promise. He brought the promise alive by his spirit. Then I am going to wage war until I get what God has said. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. I don't know what the mountain is. And you know, we don't have much time. I have to end in another 20-something minutes. So I'll start you off and then you go home and then just, just become decisive. But whatever that mountain is, whatever that mountain is, God has said to you, you have a word that that mountain has to move. Uh, I want you to enter the realm of decisive prayers. Destroy it. That's what, the, that's what he said. Destroy them at Aphek. I want you to destroy whatever spirit is behind that mountain. There must be a spirit behind it. There must be a spirit behind it. Go on, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Is earnest praying, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It is warfare. That's what it is. It is warfare. And so we come against every plan of the enemy. We come in the name of Jesus. We are fully clothed in the armor of God. And Father, we have our, the sword of the Spirit in our hands. We come against that mountain. I hope you have the faith to know that that mountain has to move. If you have faith that is like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and the mountain will move. Go on, lift your voice. Don't accept it. It isn't God's plan. It isn't Eden. It's not heaven on earth. Don't accept it. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Let righteous indignation arise in someone that I cannot accept this anymore. I refuse to accept this anymore. I simply refuse to accept this. You can't accept it. No. It is not God's plan for you. Absolutely not. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, at the mention of that name, every knee bows and every tongue confesses the Lordship of Christ. 
we command you to bow, not to my voice, but to the name of Jesus. I declare the blood of Jesus is against you. I declare the blood of Jesus is against you. Mari kadoshte, mere boson tulaye, kadurakaki aboshte, mandolo brokura boshte, keri radanda, zabrede ke keriende brokura manda kayeshto, eriba shonda labrosa kariende. Ah, Father, I ask, O oh God, that everything that can fight will fight on my behalf, O oh God. Father, I refuse to be held back anymore. I come against every work of darkness. I, I declare that you have to give way in the name of Jesus. I declare you have to give way. The Lord has given us a promise, each one here. We claim that promise. We stand on it. It is the word of God. We speak it. We use our tongues as launch pads as we speak it against the kingdom of darkness. We say thus far no further. We say you must retreat. We say you must let go. We say the yoke is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. We rebuke you. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We enforce the judgment of God. The judgment declared by his word against you. For this reason was the Son of God manifested. That he might destroy the works of darkness. We declare that that work of darkness is destroyed in the name of Jesus. Bado, 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 bradakie. Hey, Oh God of mercy, Oh God of mercy. Father, arise on behalf of this, your son, O God. Father, arise on behalf of this, your son, O God. Father, with the revelation that we have as to who we are, we declare, Father, it cannot stand in the name of Jesus. O God of mercy, because it is against your plan and your purpose, we declare it cannot stand. We address that mountain. And I want you to call that mountain, whatever it is, and begin to address it. Address it by faith. All we need is faith as little as a mustard seed. That mountain has to move. That mountain of sickness, that mountain of lack, that mountain of restraint, that mountain of loneliness. I don't know what the mountain is. That mountain might be a circumstance that is particular to you. It has to move. It has to move because of the word of God. It has to move. Bado, stelele bosto. Nane, ha ha. Eribosorianda koroboste, leleboshirada. It has to move in the name of Jesus. And the reason is that the God, the name of the Lord might be glorified. His name might be glorified. Buradadeshte, mankorobosto laye. Brada kore bazaka kariara boshe keki endo roboshi tashte rina nikadosta labo haha oh God of mercy Mariana barose keye moshindo rabaze keke rudadeste libra kariana bokujete 
bazumane ha ha erete kiando it has to change masokorobo we refuse somebody refuse to accept it it is not god's plan that is a lie of the enemy to lull you into accepting what is not god's plan it is not god's plan and we say no we have the power whatsoever we declare unlawful heaven has declared unlawful and so with the revelation we have on heaven we say this is not like heaven we say it is unlawful holy spirit give us the right words in the place of prayer we wrestle against these enemies we come hand to hand in combat we wield the sword of the spirit we declare in the name of jesus that it cannot stand we declare that the lord himself declared his mandate that he has come, O oh God, so that we can experience the year of the Lord's favor. We declare that by the word of God, that 2020 is the year of the Lord's favor. O oh God of mercy, we stand on your word. Lord Jesus, we employ the finished work of Calvary, O oh God. We employ, O oh God, the efficacy of your blood, Lord Jesus. We say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. Father, the blood speaks for us in that realm, O oh God. Marigede gogorobojede, arriba dosuyaye, mande bosikandorobojaka. Oh God of mercy, Father, release those fearsome weapons on behalf of your children. Father, if there's anywhere, oh God, where any group of people have gathered together against any one of these, your children, may they feel the full brunt, oh God, of the power of God for daring to stand against these, your chosen ones, these, your elect, oh God. And Father, this is so that those things might not be distractions. So we might give ourselves fully, O oh God, to the advance of your kingdom. O oh God, roll out the spiritual tanks, Heavenly Father. Roll out the spiritual intercontinental ballistic missiles. Roll out your weapons, O oh God. Bajo. We declare it is unlawful. It is illegal. That activity, Father, we can't contain, we can't allow it anymore. Oh, we bless you, God. Father, we are decisive. We strike and we strike and we strike again. We strike, oh God. In the place of prayer, we release, oh God. By, your, by our words, O oh God, by your words in our mouths, O oh God, we release all those weapons. We command that mountain. You have to move. You can't stay there any longer. You must move in the name of Jesus. Majubranda Brokokorobojotu Zibra Dagaka Gegereba Zakarianda Brokosto. Oh Father, we thank you, O God, 
arubajete ke ye ye bozotulaye mazunda kariada boshte o jehovah zurande brokuramanda brokoko lehehe shina nukanga bazonto brokuraboje keriende isarimanda karasto o jehovah marubasanga hereboshukarianda brokostolobo Zeke keke imanda brokura bojeke rabushta karianda brokoto borobojokula yeke keriende. Oh, we bless you. Oh, we bless you, God. Oh, we bless you, God. Oh, we bless you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, we thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you, God. We give you praise, oh God. We glorify your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We bless you. You know, you know, there, there, there are so many weapons of this warfare. Some of them we understand. Some we don't understand. The truth, some we will never understand until we get to heaven. Yesterday we spoke about angels. And how a lot of us have made our angels redundant. Because you see, angels go by instructions. That's how they are wired. They follow instructions. If you send them, they go. If you don't send them, they stay. Unless, of course, God superintends and sends them. But then they were given to you and I. That's part of our, our armory. What a weapon to have at our disposal. I mean, think about it in the natural. If the army had some fantastic robot that was designed that cannot be killed how many know that they, they would deploy it but we don't deploy the weapons we have so i hope after yesterday you started deploying your angels yes yes yeah, talk to me yes yes they're not like you and i they they, they, they you know they, they don't need food you know they go on and on like an ever-ready battery they are just going on and on deploy them deploy them when you travel deploy them you know when you need to send them to go and do something ask them to go they are ministering spirits that are sent to serve you amen and and tonight i, I want to talk about another weapon you know the, the beauty about the psalms is that the psalms is not a physical book in the sense that it's all about this earth. In fact, the Psalms is a fascinating book because it gives us a glimpse into a man's prayer. And this is a man who knew how to move God. And then it then gives us a glimpse into another realm to see how God responds to the prayer. The mistake you would, you would make is to assume that all the responses that you read in the Psalms are physical responses. They can't be because some of those things, David didn't see them. But by vision and revelation, he described what was happening. Amen? And one of the weapons that God unleashes are the arrows of God. You don't see them. And the reason you don't see them is because they are not directed against humans. They are directed against spiritual forces. So they are spiritual arrows. Amen? Psalms 18 verse 4. Psalms 18, verse 14. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe, lightnings in abundance, and he vanquished them. Now, how many know that if you were watching the battle, 
you will not see arrows coming from heaven. But the Bible says he sent out his arrows. So the spirits that were behind the foe were being dealt with by arrows. And in the natural, the foe was vanquished. Can someone say amen to that? Psalms 45 verse 5. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Amen? In the heart of the king's enemies. Now, if the arrows were sharp for the king's enemies, how much more sharper will they be for you and I? Because the king did not have the privileged position we have. The king wasn't bought by the blood of Jesus. Jesus didn't die on the cross for the king. God hasn't sent his son to die for the king. He sent, he sent his son to die for me and did all that for me. Amen? So the arrows will be sharper in the hearts of my foes. And my foes are not physical. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Psalms 144 verse 6. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Scatter them. Somebody should arise and say, enough of this nonsense. Nonsense. It doesn't line up with heaven. I just can't take this anymore. It is not God's plan. Don't tell me something about accepting it. And don't tell me about God's permissive will. I don't want his permissive will. I want his will. Permissive means he allowed it. And he probably allowed it because of my own lackadaisical attitude. And my attitude has changed. So I, and people say their attitude has changed. Yes. Can't accept it. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Rise to your feet. That's the prayer. Lord, Lord, scatter them. Scatter them. You know, when you pray this prayer, <laughs> some of you will get news in the next two or three days as to what has happened. Scatter them. That's what we're saying. Scatter them. Scatter them. Scatter them. Shoot your arrows and destroy them. Shoot your arrows and destroy them. Shoot your arrows and destroy them. We say, Lord, scatter them. Scatter them. Scatter them. Every evil conspiracy, every evil plot, every weapon from the kingdom of hell, every gathering and every conspiracy, scatter them, Lord, by your word. Scatter them, O God. Shoot your arrows, Heavenly Father. Shoot your arrows on my behalf, O God. Father, shoot your arrows on my behalf. You are sovereign, O God. Sovereign God. Arise, O God. Let your enemies be scattered. Sovereign God. Barigado. Barigado. Shoot those arrows, O God, into the hearts, O God, of these evil spirits. Father, we arise ourselves, O God. Kazimando, Bazo Kurayel, 
Makando korobojeke Uradak yamundo kutayeke Keki yabozo tushta Ebro do goraga de gedegere Bozakura yeke kurubujaka Manikado Scatter them O God Hey Mambra doste Father arise O God To your rest O God Your word O God You arise your enemies are scattered O God Father scatter them O God Father, in the name of Jesus, Aribo Sete, in the name of Jesus, at the mention of that name, every knee bows, O God. Maribo Korobo, Jala Labusta Leba, Braga Dege Degeye, Mandura Bokuraye, Paconde Kiasto Bozika Doshte Keriara. O God of mercy, arise, O God, arise, O God. Father, for your name's sake, O oh God, that your name might be glorified, that you might be praised, O oh God, that my life might become a praise, O oh God. Maruda hey, Hebregegi, Guzanda, Brokura, Yekeke, Share, O Brondo, Korobojaka, Angareba, O Sarianda, Brokura, Bojaka, Karianda. Moko korobojo kurayeke keriende ira bojaka karianda brokosto. Thank you, Lord. Mari bojeke ke. Oh Jehovah, uradeki ando robojaka. Makanka karianda broko robosto. Borubajanga karianda broko Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bari bakaki ando robojaka. Borobojaka karianda brokosto. Mando robojaka karianda. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We glorify your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.